Hi everyone and welcome to Talking Talent. I'm Dane Nash, VP of Global Channels at PageUp. I'm very excited to kick off this 15th in our series in LinkedIn Live Conversations called Talking Talent, where we touch on the hottest topics in recruiting, DE&I and employer branding. Uh, today on the show, I'm very excited to welcome Rebecca Skilbeck, um, PageUp's Head of Customer Insights and Market Research. Beck has over 20 years experience uh, as a research analyst in a career that has included academia, consulting and equity investment. Uh, she's been with PageUp for almost 14 of those years and uh, works with our customers to understand how their talent management practices are tracking and how they can be improved. Uh, welcome to the show, Beck. Hi, Dan, and thank you for having me. Lovely to be here today. Our absolute pleasure. Um, so today we are going to be touching on a topic most talent teams are struggling with right now, which is uh, rising job board costs and falling application numbers. Uh, Beck's going to compare the effectiveness of different sourcing channels which is going to outline some of the data-driven hiring strategies uh, you can utilize to cut your recruiting costs. Uh, given we are live today, if you uh, want to give us a shout out from where you're listening, please put a, a comment in the um, in the comments box below. Uh, or if you have any questions for Beck or myself, uh, please feel free to also put those in and we'll either respond to them if we get time during the broadcast or we'll follow up with responses afterwards. Wonderful, let's get straight into it. So first question, Beck. Um, why are people spending big on job boards um, and what are you hearing in the market? At the moment, we're seeing a really tight labour market. So there's the supply-demand imbalance. So the demand for talent is actually outstripping the supply. Do you mind if I share my screen and show you a graph? Love to. Thanks. So we've been tracking this and we're looking at the number of open jobs at the moment on the market. And that's the top one. You can see the light blue. And we're seeing growth in advertised roles is up 80% compared to pre-COVID, whereas the bottom line, that's the uh, the volume of applications, and it's actually 4% lower than what we saw pre-COVID. So there's this big gap. And, you know, there are a number of reasons that are causing that. So there is a reluctance to move due to COVID. So, you know, our vaccine rollout is far from complete. There's also the economic uncertainty about starting a new job when we're looking at, you know, potential further economic contraction. Obviously, our borders are closed. So there's a number of, you know, skilled and unskilled migrant labourers that are, would have been coming in and applying for a number of these roles. And more recently, you know, our state borders are closed. So we've got, you know, uh, that's impeding the flow of uh, people. And then the other thing is we are taking wage Obviously, uh, wage growth or compensation is a reason that you'd be looking to shift jobs. So going back to your question of well, why are people spending big on job boards, there's an assumption if uh, job boards have very wide reach and if you can't get enough applications, if you spend more, you may get more applicants. The other thing that we can see from the data is Talent acquisition teams are much leaner as a result of COVID. So they have to do more with less. And uh, looking at the data, we can see that on average, the number of open roles that they have to cover has increased by 22% over the last 18 months. So if you strap for time, it may be easier to uh, post to a job board or to an additional job board than to do the more uh, labour-intensive um, uh, what we would call talent nurturing and talent pipeline. So if you don't have technology in place like recruitment marketing, that is quite a could be quite a heavy lift. So job boards may be an easier option. 
Wonderful. Well, um, yes, I certainly feel for, for any of our customers' TA teams, uh, because certainly I'm hearing the, the same information around how difficult it is with a smaller team and um, yeah. less availability of those candidates, certainly a, a challenge. All right, so with that in mind, I'll move on to our second question. Um, so job boards, how effective um, as a sourcing channel are they? So they are obviously effective uh, because people still do get hires through the job boards, but there are other channels that are much more effective. So we probably should start with a definition. So for our audience, what do we mean by effectiveness? So it's how many applications do you receive to secure hire? So when we look at all the information and the data of what we can see with our customers, 60% of applications come through job boards, but only 20% are hires. So that is a huge volume of applications, resumes and cover letters that you are wading through to uh, secure a hire. And uh, on average, it's, a, you know, it's just shy of 50 applications that you would have to look at to get a hire. And uh, whereas in comparison, some of our other job boards are much more effective. And the other thing that we need to look at too is the cost per hire. So that's part of the effectiveness. So if we've got, and speaking to our customers, and I'm sure you've heard the same sort of thing, you know, some job boards have increased their pricing by as much as 300% in the last few years. So if you're looking at the effectiveness, if it costs more, and you're getting less applicants and you have to wade through a lot of applicants to get a hire. It's not as effective as some of our other sourcing channels. Mm. And, and thanks for sharing your screen. I can see you've brought up some of the um, the page up data around, around those different sourcing channels. So maybe if you just dive in a little bit deeper about um, sort of what you're seeing there, what, what, uh, what are the most effective sourcing channels beyond the job board? So, well, the most effective uh, sourcing channel we see is what we call talent pipelines. So, sorry, if we can just go, I've just hit um, too far forward. If we go back a slide, great, fantastic. So uh, the talent pipelines, which is your proactive nurture stream. So you're building those pipelines of talent. You've understood who the talent segment is that you are targeting and you build a relationship with them and you nurture them. And then when you have a role that is open, you may not necessarily even go out to a job board. You just contact them directly. So mm -hmm. companies that are using uh, talent pipelines, we find that that is the most effective sourcing channel. So for every two applicants that you would invite into your um, open hiring or recruitment process, you hire one of them. So incredibly effective is like, you know, 50% hit right there. The other channels that we see that are very, very effective is what we would call internal mobility. So that's the mobilization of your current workforce. So I know this is a topic that's quite close to your heart, Jane, in terms of internal mobility, and that you've taken mentorship roles to help people understand that it doesn't have to be a, uh, a vertical transition through an organization, that it can actually be a lateral move. And so companies that um, endorse this approach and look at how can we mobilize our current workforce into other roles, uh, have a, a five to one in terms of effectiveness. So five applications mm. to secure one hire. The other one is referrals. So that's when somebody within your organization um, refers somebody that they know. So one of, one of their peers out in the industry, because the reason that's quite effective is because usually you're reluctant to uh, suggest someone if you don't think that they have the skill set because you know that's not for 
fair to your friends or family and also you have a good understanding of what the role is because you're within the organisation. And then the other mm. one we look at is career sites. So career sites are more effective than job boards, less effective than the other three sources, but on average we're looking at 26 applications to secure one hire. Even though career sites aren't as effective as the others, it's still really, really important to have a uh, career site that is engaging because more than 50% of applicants, regardless of which channel they come through, they will go to your career site to find out more about your organisation before they even apply. Mm -hmm. So uh, the other thing that you need to look at too is, you know, the volume. So if we can jump to the next slide there. So that's, um, as you can see, as we already discussed, a lot of applicants come through job boards, a lot come through the career side. And you can see that the other three channels, the volumes are lower, so they are potentially mm -hmm. underutilised. So companies, our customers that have looked at, you know, referrals and internal mobilities and got more applicants through those sites are actually um, finding that they'll get up to 75% of their hires through the channels that aren't job boards, which means you're not waiting through all those applicants. But as you know, Dane, market's changing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, customers have to be a little bit more creative. So you do anything that you're seeing, because this is obviously what we've seen in the past and it's a brave new world out there. Mm, indeed. Yeah, I, I was um, just reading yesterday about one of our um, one of our customers, Australian Venue Code, um, sort of uh, taking a very proactive approach given that they are being hit very hard with that, I guess, lack of international labour force that is normally a big portion of, of the um, their workforce. Um, so both uh, offering training novice programs, so making sure they invest in training up local talent who may not have previously worked in the industry, sort of giving people more motivation that they're a great employer that's being proactive in saying they'll invest in their staff and, and give them the required training. Um, and then even beyond that, going as far as saying for some of those critical roles, so chefs in particular, mm. um, looking to pay for their flights and quarantining uh, costs um, for them to relocate into Australia to take those chef positions that um, they're really struggling to fill. So, yeah, it's, um, I guess, as you say, a, a changing um, dynamic of the of the workforce that we need to account for and, and take some fairly um, new approaches. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's really successful. I think it could be really successful. Um, but as you said before, I guess the, the weighting of what's the cost of each source. So um, I think in that scenario, there was um, an indication that was forecast to be about $20,000 per hire for those individuals where they're paying for the flights and quarantining, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, as we're in this really difficult place to try and get our talent, that the sourcing strategies need to reflect how important some of those, uh, those team members are in our workforces. Yeah, so it's the return on the investment. If it's critical talent for your business, then it is how do you most effectively secure, attract and then secure that talent? And you may need to be much more creative than you have been in the past. Perfect lead into my next question. So how can TA teams uh, see a better ROI from their equipment spend? So, uh, so return on investment, really important. So it's you've got these different sourcing channels and it's a... Um, a balance between which are the most effective and what is the cost per hire of each of those channels. So a channel may be very effective, but it's very, very expensive. So that may be that you only use it for some uh, critical roles rather than all roles. So when I speak to our customers about this, um, 
sourcing channel effectiveness. So I always ask them four questions. And the first one is, well, what are your sourcing channels? And people quickly will rattle off, you know, job boards and career sites, but they may not be looking at all of those other ones that we've just discussed, like internal mobility or referrals. When I ask them where do most of their uh, applicants come from, they can always tell me that because, you know, the volume that we've just talked about for job boards, they're always very aware of that. When I ask them where do most of their hires come from, then a bit more of an educated guess. And then when I say, well, which of the channels of all the channels you have, which is the most effective? Most people don't know. So that's the starting point. It's like, you know, identify what are all your channels and then figure out where are your applicants coming from and then when you, where are your hires? So what is the effectiveness of each of those? And then cut that against the cost of each of those channels. So for example, agency, so going out to a recruitment agency externally, it is very effective, but it is very costly. But sometimes it, it is very appropriate to use those. So, you know, CEO search, you're probably not doing that via a job board. Uh, the other one is uh, social media. So it may be, I know it's much cheaper, you have access to millions of candidates, but it may be very ineffective if you're taking a quite broad approach, you know, more than 150 to 200 applicants to get one hire. So... Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think um, we have seen some really successful use of social within some of our clients when they're doing that sort of proactive recruitment marketing approach. Um, but I think it is sometimes it's the difference between understanding the organic versus paid social. So organic gives you wide reach but um, may or may not provide you with the, the particular quality you're looking for. But if you know how to use the very targeted paid social, then I think we have had some clients that have have um, partnered with some of our um, employee brand agencies and, and uh, done some really great work and uh, achieved some very effective uh, sourcing through paid social. But yeah, often it's not necessarily a skill or capability that is within the TA team or they may not have the, the bandwidth to be able to, to be experts in that as well. So definitely something to think about. Yeah, and, and the other piece is new. Um, with social media, it can also be very good for awareness. So some of our customers have used it like that. So it's not that they're looking to hire through social media. They're trying to build the awareness of their employee brand and their EVP because you should have different EVPs for different uh, target segments of talent that you're going after. So crafting those and getting those out through different channels in terms of building that awareness is really important as well. Now, I've also seen with our customers as well, speaking to them, that uh, the very targeted approach for very, um, you know, a slice or a certain talent segment can be very effective as well. It's a very good point that you raised. It's about that taking that targeted approach in those types of channels. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, maybe let's just fit in, squeeze in one more question. Okay. Um, so, given the increased focus on DEI, um, how are sourcing channels assisting in this? Great question, and it is very topical. So. As I said, it's understanding with any sourcing channel, uh, it's understanding what talent are you after and essentially where are they? Where can you find them? So if you're going after a certain um, segment in terms of diversity, understanding well, where could they possibly be and then matching mm. your sourcing channel against that. So our customers, over a third of our clients are very active using a very wide range of uh, sourcing channels. And it's not just job boards. So we've discussed other sourcing channels today, but there are some of the others that we haven't discussed that they're using things like associations and print media as well as agency. 
So there's 260 at least that we know of that our customers are using. So um, set that net wide. The other thing that you should be looking at is regardless of the channel you're using, consider within every channel, uh, how is it improving your diversity and what channels could mm. potentially be reducing diversity? So one of our customers who was in construction and they were looking to um, increase the number of females within their workforce and it was currently an 80-20 split. When they reviewed their sourcing channels, they realised the dominant channel that they were using was referral and that when they looked at the top of the funnel, so with the number of applicants at that level, not only were they not hitting uh, their targets of where they wanted to move um, their gender balance to, it was actually below what they currently had in their workforce. So it's saying like, okay, how can we either look at other sourcing channels or how could we improve the effectiveness of this sourcing channel? So, uh, you know, it's important to understand those and, uh, as we said, measure your effectiveness, know what your targets are, and then check that that's actually that you're hitting your numbers. Yeah, and then I guess if, if you've got that measurement in place, you can put in strategies to try and address that, right? If um, the sources and using different sources is a good approach, and particularly if there's, there's sourcing channels that are targeting to try and get you the diversity you're looking for, but also noting that in every source, there's probably ways you can change your, um, whether it's the way you're writing the job advertisements, whether it's uh, the way you market them and or how you motivate people to reshare or, or refer that um, I'm sure there's other strategies that can help with addressing that, not just which channels you use, but how you Absolutely. use them. Absolutely. Yeah, it's only it's only one slice of the puzzle. That is exactly right. So yeah, your, your wording in job ads is incredibly important. How you're positioning it internally. So if you're using employee referrals, how would you be helping your um, your current workforce to understand what some of your targets are and what you were looking for, so that they're more creative in terms of who they're thinking of. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, any last comments on on some channels that, that clients could or should use if they've got particular, I guess, um, targets that they're trying to achieve? In terms of diversity? Yeah. yeah, sure. So um, if you were looking for to increase the number of uh, females in your workforce, Work 180 is one that a number of our customers use. Disability Works Australia, if you're looking for disability and if you're looking for Indigenous, uh, Career Trackers is one that a number of our customers are using. For Wonderful. all of these, as you've also mentioned, it's about the the wording in the ads as well and there's a number of tools out there that will help you understand if there's some unconscious bias in terms of some of the terminology you're using because that's the other piece mm. that's really important to making sure it's a very inclusive um inclusive language in your word in your Indeed. ads excellent well that's all we've got time for today it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show um thank so you. thank you very much uh, to all of our uh, audience, um, thank you for following along. And, um, yeah, as I mentioned before, if you've got any uh, additional questions or thoughts, please feel free to put them in the comments and we'll sure to come back to you on those. Otherwise, uh, thanks again and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks.